With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Baba Metziah Daf Yutes, page 19. We begin seven lines in. Gufa. We stated previously, Matzigit Isha Bashuk. If somebody finds a lost divorce document in the public marketplace, when the husband admits that he had divorced her, so you give the document back to the woman. If the husband is not admitting that he divorced his wife, you don't give the document to either party. So, but what did we say? We say that if the husband admits, so we give the document back to the woman. We should be concerned for the following problem. Perhaps the document was was written, let's say, in January. When did he actually give the document to her? In June. In the meantime, the husband went, and from January until June, he was selling fruits. What's these fruits? So Rashi explains that when a woman comes into the marriage, sometimes she'll bring in a piece of land. Now, she still owns the piece of land. However, the husband has rights to take whatever produce is produced by that piece of land and to use it for himself, to sell it, to, to gain benefit from it. Now, as long as they're married, so he still has the rights to that produce. But as soon as they're divorced, he does not have the rights to the produce. So now, perhaps the document was written, let's say, in January, but it wasn't given to her until June. Now, the husband has full rights to the produce from January until June. What's going to happen? Umafka Legita, she's going to take out this divorce document, the Kasa Benisa. It was written in January. Now, she's going to go to all those people who bought the produce. They bought all this wheat from the husband during those six months. And she's going to say, listen, this document says I was divorced in January. That produce that my husband sold to you was actually mine. We were divorced already. And she's actually lying. Because really, they weren't divorced until June. So, so she's going to take away the produce, which is incorrect. So we should be concerned that this is what's going to happen. Stigmar says, Honey, it's good according to the one who says, There's a sheet, there's an opinion that says that if somebody decides that he's going to divorce his wife, so even if he has not yet divorced her, he doesn't have any rights to the produce. So then it's very good that we give back the document. Because in fact, if he's selling the fruits from the time that the document is written already, he's already decided to divorce her, he doesn't have rights to those fruits. She has rights to those fruits. So then if she comes and she takes away the produce, so she's doing so rightfully. And according to the one who says, that until the husband actually gives her the divorce document, even though he's already decided he's going to divorce her, he still has full rights to the produce. How can we do this? How can we give the document back to her? She's going to come and take the produce unlawfully. So Gemara says, No, what we're going to do is, if she comes and she tries to take away the produce that the husband had sold from the time that the document was written, Amrinallah will say to her as follows, You have to bring a proof as to when the document actually reached your hand. Now, the Gemara says, Now, we have a problem because why is this different from a document that talks about a loan? We learned in the Mishnah, If let's say somebody finds a lost loan document, So if it talks about the fact that the person who lent the money has the rights to collect from a piece of land, meaning even a piece of land that was sold off by the person who borrowed the money, as long as it was sold after the loan took place, So we don't return it. We don't return this document because we're afraid he's going to take something unlawfully. Why? We establish what's the case? The person who borrowed the money is admitting that he in fact borrowed. And what are we concerned about? We're concerned that perhaps the document was written in January, but the but the loan didn't actually take place until June. So now, being that the loan didn't take place until June, so any pieces of property that were sold between January and June by the person who borrowed the money, so the person who lent the money does not have rights to take those pieces of property. They're not encumbered to the loan. So we're afraid that he's going to take those pieces of property. So what are we afraid of? 
Hasam Nami, over there is what? Lihader. Give him back the document. Give the person who lent the money back the document. And when he tries to take away the pieces of property that were sold in the interim period that we're concerned about, namely, I see Raya, Why don't we say to him, bring a proof as to when exactly you got this document? And then we'll know exactly when he got it, and we'll know if in fact it happened afterwards or not, if the sale occurred and it was already encumbered to him. So Gemara says, Amri, we say like this, In regards to a document, a divorce, it's going to be different. The person who bought the produce, so he's going to have a claim. He's going to say like this, The reason that the sages gave it back to her, or the court gave the document of divorce back to her, there's a separate reason why she got this document back. It's not so she can collect from us the produce that we bought, but rather it's because we're, the, the sages were afraid that she's not going to be able to get remarried if she doesn't have this divorce document. Everyone's admitting here that she got divorced. But now that she's coming to take away the produce based on this document, that's already a second level. The sages did not have that in mind. She's going to have to bring a proof as to exactly when she got the document. But in regards to a document that talks about a loan, so then the person who bought the property, he's not going to have any claim. Because it's going to be like this, from the fact that the sages allowed the document, the loan document to be returned, theoretically, if it would be true that we would return such a document, it's obvious, why did they do that? Why did they give it back to him? The only possible reason that he would get this document back is in order that he'd be able to use it to collect a piece of property that was sold after the date stated on the document. It must be, meaning the person who bought the piece of land will say to himself, it must be true, that the sages, they are sure about this matter, that the document was given to this person, to the person who lent the money, before I bought this piece of property. So he would never say, the person who bought this property, if the document indeed was given back to the person who lent the money, he will never think to say that in fact the document perhaps was given given at a later time. He's never going to make that claim. So therefore, we can't give the document back to the person who lent the money. As opposed to in the case of a woman where someone finds her divorce document, so since there's another reason why she's getting that divorce document, so that she can remarry, she has proof of her divorce. So that being the case, so the person who has bought something in the interim will be able to claim against her that she needs to bring proof as to exactly, precisely when she got that divorce document. The Gemara continues. We said a case in the Mishnah where somebody finds a document that's talking about freeing a slave. We learned that a Brisa. If somebody finds a document freeing a slave in the marketplace, when the master admits that he indeed freed his slave, you give the document to the slave. But if the, the master does not agree, he doesn't admit that he freed his slave, you don't give the document to either party. Now, let's say the case is where the master is indeed admitting that he freed a slave. We do indeed return it to the slave. Why do we do that? We should be concerned. Perhaps the document was written in order to be given in Nisan in January, let's say. But in fact, he didn't give it until June. Now, now in March, so which is in between the times, he wasn't yet free perhaps, so the slave goes and buys a piece 
piece of land. Now, what happens if he's still enslaved, so the master has the right to take that piece of land that he bought, it becomes the master's, he can go and sell it. Now, the slave is going to take out the document stating that he got freed in January, and he's going to go to the person who bought this piece of property in March and say to them, this is my property, my master sold it to you unlawfully. And in fact, he's unlawfully trying to gain that piece of property back. So now, This can work out okay, according to the opinion that says that when a slave is free, this is a positive thing for him. It's a merit for him. And according to Abaye who says that as soon as you have a document written and you have witnesses that are signed upon that document, so if it's a schos, if it's a merit, a positive thing for the person, the party, who the document is being written on behalf of, so then it immediately takes effect. So now the slave will be considered freed from the moment the document is written. So even if if he wasn't actually given the document until later, Shapir, it's going to work out very well because he has full rights to get back that piece of property that's, let's say, he sold, he bought in March and his, his master sold. He has full rights. That's his property. He was already freed and he already had rights to keep his piece of property. So he can get it back. But according to the opinion that says, and in fact, it's a negative thing for a slave to go out free. So as soon as he writes the document, if he had not yet given it, so it's not considered that he's freed. That being the case, Michael Mayer, what can we say? He's going to take this document, he, he's going to unlawfully take back a piece of property that doesn't belong to him. The Gemara says that we're going to do a similar thing as we did in regards to the document of a woman. When he tries to take away the piece of property, what we'll say to him is, I see Raya that you, the slave, have to bring a proof as to when precisely you received this document because we don't know for sure if you got the document when it says on the document that you should have received it. That being the case, when you bring a proof that you got it before that this person bought this piece of property, then you can get your property back. But until you prove that, we don't know if you had rights to even get this property. It could be that your master had the rights to sell the property. So you got to prove it. Daitiki matana v'chulei we talked about a case in the Mishnah where somebody finds a document which represents someone's will or represents a gift. We learned that what's a daitiki? This shall establish and it shall be that if this person dies, his properties will go to so and so. Matana, what's the case of a gift document? Call Shikasubai, any document which states in it, that from today until after his death, meaning the person who's trying to give over a gift, so he's saying, I want the gufa karka, the property itself, to be transferred into the possession of so and so, but I want to retain the rights to the produce. So then, at that point, so the person who's being given over to does not have the rights to the produce, all he has is the piece of property itself, and it only completes after the death of the person who's giving a gift. Alma, the Gemara says, we can deduce from here, What's going on here? We're talking about a case of a gift. And we're saying that the only way that you can give over a gift is only if I say that I'm giving you part of it now and part of it after I die. But let's say I want to give it to you completely. I want to give it to you, the gufakak, or the property itself, along with the fruits. What? I can't give you the produce together with the, with the property itself? Certainly. You're going to have the ability to acquire it. I'm Rabbi. So Rabbi explains like this. This is what we mean. We're looking for a case of a regular healthy person who is giving over something and it's not going to actually take effect, the gift that he's giving, until after he dies, which is similar to the gift of a shechivmer, a person who's very sick, a person who's very unhealthy, he's about to die, so whatever he says is going to take effect after he dies. So we want to find a case where somebody who's healthy makes such a statement that's going to take effect after he dies. So the case that's comparable to the case of a person who's 
who's deathly, when we're speaking of a person who's healthy, is where the person says, I want to give over the gufa kaga, the property itself right now, and I want it to transfer into its possession, but I don't want it to be completed until after I die. So in such a case, that's where it's comparable. Even though the person is healthy, it's comparable to a case where somebody's unhealthy, and the gift that he gives only takes effect after he dies. Now the Gemara continues, Time of delay, Amar Tznu. The reason in the Mishnah, if somebody finds a document that states on it, that let's say Ruvain is giving Shimon a present, so the reason that we don't return the document to either party is because Ruvain, who's the giver in this case, is not saying, give the document to Shimon the receiver. Ha'amar Tznu. But let's say Ruvain would be saying, give the document to Shimon. Indeed, I want him to receive this gift. Nice then. The implication here is that we would give the document to Shimon. Or a minute, the Gemara says, I'll ask you a contradiction. We have a Bryce that seems to say not that way. If let's say somebody finds a document which is a will, or a document which states on it, an apotiki is a document that states on it that a person who lends money, so that he has the right to collect from a specific piece of property of the person he's lending the money to. Or somebody finds a document stating on it that there's a gift being given. Even though both parties that are written into the document are admitting that indeed this document is valid, we do not return the document to either party. And Rashi explains that we're afraid as follows. Follow this case very carefully, it's important. You have, have a person, we'll call him Richie. Okay, Richie wants to give a gift to Bob. So he writes a document in January to Bob saying that he's giving him this piece of property, let's say. Now, he decides, Richie decides that he's not going to give the document to Bob. Instead, the following month in February, he says, I'm going to give this piece of property. He writes a brand new document, he's giving it over to Harold. Now, he actually gives the document to Harold, and now, now what's happening is like this. It's March. Now, comes in front of us Richie, who's the giver of the gift, and Bob, the original person that he intended to give the gift to. Someone has found a document that says on it that Richie gave in January a gift to Bob. Now, we can't return this document because we have to be concerned that indeed there is a Harold that exists who actually received it at a later time, and in fact, Richie had backed out. He never gave the document originally in January to Bob, so we don't return it to either party, this piece of paper. So that's the Brysa. So we see the Brysa is not like the Mishnah, because in the Mishnah it says that we would return this document. We don't assume that that's what's going on. Rabbi Abar Barmamal explains the contradiction as follows. Look, it's not a problem. We turn to the Testament, basically, 19b. It depends. This document that's being found, what does it say on it? Does it say that this gift was given by a person who's a healthy person or by a person who is deathly ill? Because the person who is deathly ill, so he has the ability to back out at a later point if he gives a gift. However, a person who is healthy when he gives a gift, so he does not have the ability to back out. And the ramification is going to be as follows. In our Mishnah where it says, that if he says to give it, meaning they find a document, and they don't know if this document was given or not, and the person who it says on the document is the giver is saying, give it to the person it says it's supposed to be received. We will listen to him. We will give the document. You know why? Because we're talking about that the document says that this gift was given by Richie when he was deathly ill. Because he has the ability to back out. And the ramification is going to be as follows. Follow closely. The Amrinan, Michael Amir, we say, what can we say as follows? Perhaps he wrote it to Bob originally. Bob is here in front of us. Maybe he wrote it to Bob in January. He changed his mind. And he didn't give it to Bob. What? So he writes it over to a different person in February to Harold. And he gave him that document. So now he 
he changed his mind. He got upset at Harold, who he originally gave that document to, that present to. Harold backstabbed him. Now he wants to give it to the person who he originally t- intended to, which is Bob. So if when he gave it to Harold, he gave it to him and he was healthy, so Harold's not going to lose out. Because when they take out both of these documents, because since the first document says on it that when Richie gave it to Bob, he was sick, so they're going to pull out this document that says he's sick when he gave it. They're going to pull out the second document, which is to Harold, which says that he's healthy when he gives it. And what's going to happen? So a person who's sick, the original document was when he was sick. He has the rights to back out at a later point, even if he's healthy. So therefore, Harold, who it is rightfully his, because the document was never given to Bob in the first place, so Harold is going to win, even if Bob has this document, so we can give it to Bob. And if when he gave it to Harold, it was also he was sick, again, Harold is not going to lose the property. Again, the second person will win, because when you pull out these two documents, the fact is, since Harold's document is written for February, and Bob's document is written for January, so Harold is the later party. A person who is sick when he writes the first document or the second document, in both cases, since he was originally sick, so he can back out at a later time. I'd just like to point out parenthetically. So then what's the advantage of Bob getting this document back? He, well, he's not going to win with it either way. So the answer is that Harold is a, almost a figment of our imagination. We have this possibility that there is a Harold that exists. So we need to rule out that possibility. And therefore, if Harold exists, oh, Harold's not going to lose out. But if Harold doesn't exist, then Bob can take this present. It's fine. That's why we give Bob this document. In the Brysa, where we said that we don't give it to either party, that even though they're both admitting we don't give it to either one, that's because the document that's coming in front of us, it doesn't say that it was written to someone. It wasn't given when the person who was giving it was sick. Rather, when he gave it, he was healthy. Since in January, when he gave it to Bob, theoretically, so he was healthy, he can't back out of that. So now we run into this problem with the possibility of there being a herald, like this. Perhaps he originally, Richie, who's the giver of the gift, he originally wrote it to Bob in January. He changed his mind. He did not give the gift to Bob. Now, in February, he wrote it over to give it over to Harold. And he actually gave it to him. Now, Harold backstabbed him, so he wants to take back his gift, but he can't. He doesn't have a right to do that lawfully. So he says to himself, you know, I can't take back what I gave. What I'll say to them is, that I originally gave this to Bob, in fact. And they'll give him back the document, in order that the that when they bring out the two documents, so who's going to win? Bob's going to win. Because since when I wrote this document to Bob, even though I didn't give it to him, but when I wrote it to him, I was healthy. So therefore, I can't back out of the gift that I give when I'm healthy. And therefore, when the two documents come out, Harold's going to lose. Rather, what do we say? We are not giving this document to Bob. Because perhaps you, Richie, you wrote this document. But you did not give it to Bob. Instead, you gave this piece of property or this gift to Harold. And you're trying to back out. So now, if you have not indeed given it to anyone else, if Harold is a figment of our imagination, and you want to give it to 
to Bob, Ksivli hashtag Sova Achrinu. So write for him a new document, and give it to him now, because if indeed Harold is not a figment of our imagination, so he's not going to lose out, because if you write him a new document, so then Harold, who has the previous document written in February, and you're writing a new document to Bob in March, so Harold's not going to lose out, because he's got the first document. Maskifler of Svid. Rav Svid comes along with a devastating question. Don't tell me that the mission is talking about a case of the document that we found was written by a deathly person, and the Bryce is talking about a case where the document that we found was written by a healthy person. Both the Bryce and the mission talk about a case of a Daitiki. A Daitiki is the will of a person who is deathly ill. So the Bryce must be talking about a document also that was found that it was written by a deathly ill person. So how can you say that distinction? Elam Rav Svid gives us a better understanding of this. We can say that both the Mishnah and the Bryce are talking about a case where the document, as we said, was written by a person who was deathly ill. It's not problematic. The distinction between the Mishnah and the Bryce will be determined by who is in court at this moment in March saying that the document goes to Bob. Is it the person himself who originally wrote his will? Or is it his son? Is it Richie Jr. now that Richie C has passed on from this world and gone to a better place. In the Mishnah where he says, give it, and we give it, it's talking about where Richie Sr. is still alive, and he's saying to give it over. He has the ability to back out. Because we say it like this, if there is indeed a person like Harold, and he had given it to Harold in February, he's not going to lose out. Because when they pull out the documents, one document says that Bob got it in January. One document says that Harold got it in February. So Harold's going to get it. He's not going to lose out. Because Richie Sr. has backed out of his original gift. But in the Bryce that it says, that we don't give it to either one, even though they're both admitting it. That's talking about where the son, Richie Jr., is the one who's around. And we say like this, Perhaps Richie Sr., before we passed on to a better place, so he wrote this document over to Bob. But he changed his mind. He didn't give it to Bob. He didn't give this present to Bob. After the father died, meaning Richie Sr. passes on, Now Richie Jr. writes it to Harold. And he gave it to Harold. Now, so Harold rightfully has it, theoretically, if Harold even exists. So he rightfully has it. So now, but what happened? Harold backstabbed Richie Jr. He loved Richie Sr., but Richie Jr. never had that type of fond relationship. So now, Sovar, so now Richie Jr. wants to give it instead to Bob. He says to himself, you know, I can't really back out. I got a great idea. I'm going to say that my father indeed gave this document to Bob. And they'll give him the document. And then they'll take it away from Harold. Because Bob, he's got the document that says my father gave it to him. So he's the first one. He gets it. And then I'm going to go to Bob and we'll all split it up and we'll come out very happy. So therefore we say to this son, to Richie Jr., I'm sorry, we cannot give this document to Bob as you say. Perhaps your father wrote this document 
but he didn't actually give it over to Bob. We're concerned that perhaps you gave it to someone else, and you're trying to back out of your gift to Harold. If indeed Harold is a figment of our imagination, and you are saying the truth, that your father gave this document to him, so I want you to go now, you write him a new document, because if indeed your father didn't give it, because and he gave it to Harold to a different party, so he's not going to lose out. Because now that you're going to write him a new document, so if Harold indeed does exist, and you give Bob a new document, so Harold's not going to lose out, because he has the document that was written first. We have a brysa. Let's say somebody found a document that was lost. And it says on this document that a woman already received the money from her ksuva, the money that a husband promises to his wife in case of divorce. Let's say we have a document that states that she already received that money. And Rashi says we know that she's still married to the guy. Right? When the woman admits that she indeed already received this money, so you give it to the husband. You give this document to the husband. But if the woman is not masking, she doesn't agree. So we don't give it to either party. The Gemara says, when she admits in any event, we do give it back to the husband. We should be worried. What if the document was actually written in Nisan in January? But she didn't actually get the document till six months later in June. In the middle, in the meantime, in March, so she takes her document, the Ksuva, and she says to somebody, you know, there's a certain risk factor involved in my Ksuva, because if you buy this document off me, and you want to collect the money that's going to come to me, so if I die first, so you're not going to get anything. But if my husband dies first or he divorces me, so you're going to get all the money from the Ksuva. So someone buys that risk. And that occurred sometime between January and June. And it happened in March. So now she's going to pull out this document that says that she already got her piece of land, in this case, in Nisan, in January. But in truth, when did she get the piece of land? When did her husband, so to speak, pay her? That only happened in June. When did she sell her ksuva? That happened in March. So really, the people who bought the ksuva have the rights to that piece of land. And she's taking it unlawfully. Amarava, so Rava says, Shmami, you know what we see from here is Issa de Shmuel. The Shmuel must be right. What does Shmuel say? The Amar Shmuel, he says as follows. If let's say I have a document stating, let's say Ruvain has a document stating that Bob owes him money. Bob owes Ruvain money. Now Ruvain takes the document and he sells it to Shimon and he says to Shimon, you know, it's $100 he owes me, and I'm not going to collect this money. I don't have the patience to be running after him. You give me $80, and you can get the $100 from him whenever you find him, whenever he comes out with his money. So Shimon buys that risk, and he pays him $80 for it. Now Ruvain, on the sly, goes to Bob, who owes him the money. And he says to him, you know what, you don't have to pay me anymore. Shmuel says that the fact that Ruvain, even though he sold this document to Shimon, the fact that Ruvain forgave the money, now Bob no longer has to pay Shimon even. Not only that, but if Ruvain dies and Ruvain Jr. forgives Bob of having to pay, so Shimon also won't be able to collect. So over here as well, in the case where this woman, so she's owed the money, right? She's owed the Ksuva money. 
And she sells the rights to collect that money to some third party. So now she still has the right to forgive it. That's why we don't care if she gets a document to show her. We don't care if the document was given before, if it was given after. It's all the same to us because she has the right to forgive it even if she's actually sold the rights to collect to someone else. Because she's like somebody who's owed money. She has that right. That's what Shmuel says. That's what we see here. Abaye Omar Abaye says, Afilu tema says, we could even say that Shmuel is not correct. It could be that she doesn't have the right to forgive that money. And I'll tell you a different understanding of why over here we give her this document. Because what does she have in her hand? She actually has the ksuva in her hands. And Rashi explains that if she had indeed sold the right to collect her ksuva, there's no reason that she would have the ksuva in her hands. The person who bought the rights to collect would have the ksuva as well. So therefore, from the fact that she has the ksuva in her hands, it's not possible that anyone else will come along and say, I bought the ksuva. And therefore, we can return the shofar, we can return the document to the husband stating that he already got paid. And Rava says that that's not good enough if she has this document in her hand. If she has the document in her hand, we have to be worried that perhaps there's a second ksuva. The husband wrote her two documents stating that he's going to give her stuff. And therefore, what did she do? So she went and she sold the rights to collect the other ksuva. So now the only reason that we could give her the shover, this document stating that that ksuva, the other one was already paid, is only if she has the right to be mochel, to forgive the money to her husband and thereby make it impossible in any event for the people who bought the ksuva to be able to collect. First of all, we never assume that there was a second ksuva written. That can't be. Secondly, when we have a shover, when we have a document stating that the husband already paid off the ksuva, so you know that the document, whatever the date is on the document, that's when the payment actually occurred. And even if he actually told her or gave her the document later on, it's still going to be retroactive to the time that the document is written. Why? This is Abayah according to his own reasoning, the Amar, because he says, Abaye holds that when you have witnesses signed onto a document, that's when the document takes effect. As soon as the witnesses are signed there, and there's a date on the document, it takes effect at that time, even if the document is not actually given over to the person who's receiving the benefit. And that's why we don't have to be concerned that perhaps she sold the ksuva to someone else and she's taking it, she's taking it unlawfully. No, she's for sure getting it lawfully because she gets it from the time that the document was originally written.